Good morning all. Good to see you. I'm kind of awake. I was here for the eight o'clock. So if I doze off during my own talk, I apologise. Um, if you know Andy and the girls, they send their love, um, although I'm hoping they're at church right now and not still asleep, as they were when I left. Um, I'll start off with a, a thank you, then I want to do a quick plug, and then I just want to share some stories about the mission and unpack a little bit of that Bible verse that we've just heard. Um, if you don't know City Mission, um, we are 35 years old this year, this, this autumn. Um, I've been there 10 years, and we're based up in the northeast sector of the city in Woodend, um, but we obviously support people in kind of the northeast region, um, but also across the whole city. Uh, we're currently working with Queens Road in the city centre, Limbrick Wood, up in Tile Hill, and obviously have volunteers and people from all over the city. Um, so the first thing I want to do is say thank you, because you guys are among the many churches that are so generous in uh, your prayers, in your finances, in your food, in your practical help, in your volunteering help. Anything you do for us, if it's once, if it's constant, if it's ongoing, or if you're thinking, as somebody at the 8 o'clock said to me um, at the end of the service, you've challenged me to come and help. I don't remember that as part of the talk, but I, I gave thanks. Um, but whatever, I thank you. Because without you, it simply wouldn't happen. Uh, we have... Uh, eight members of staff, I'm only full-timer, seven part-time, and around 100 volunteers. So you can imagine, without the volunteers across the city that come and support us, we wouldn't exist. Without the financial help, without the food for food bank and things like that, we simply wouldn't exist. So thank you uh, for all that you do, and please keep it up, because there are still people out there that need our help. I know it says in the Bible that Jesus says the poor will always be with you. I see that as a bit of a challenge rather than something we can just accept. So, you know, yes, the poor will always be with us, but let's try and get that number down as much as we can, because we live in a, in a world where equality is, is a kind of a myth. So that's um, my thank you. Uh, if you, at the end of this talk, still want to talk to me, um, at the end of this talk still are interested in what we do, if you don't already get our prayer letter, or if you think you filled in one of the dreaded GDPR forms, but you didn't, please come and see me. We'd love to give you a prayer letter. I've got some with me and some GDPR forms that you'll need to fill in. But after that, we can stay in touch. We can talk to each other. Uh, a bit of a plug in case you haven't already picked up on it. Uh, a week on Friday, which is the 30th of November, we are holding a fundraising event down at West Orchard URC, just down the road. Uh, it's a comedy and carols evening. Now, don't freak out. It's nice comedy. It's not comedy that you can't come to and you... Do you know Christians can smile, just in case? You're allowed to laugh. Hopefully you might during this talk. But you definitely could at the Comedy and Carols night. Uh, we've got an amazing guy called Paul Carenza, who some of you might have heard on Radio 2, Pause for Thought. He also does stuff on Radio 4. Uh, he also has co-written some of, the, some of the best comedies on BBC TV over the recent years. Really funny guy. We had him a couple of years ago. He was brilliant. He's coming back to host it. We've got a, a, a musical... Um, comedian called James Sherwood, he's going to do some stuff. And then we've got our own local talent from Queen's Road Baptist Church, a guy called Fletcher Ransbury, who at 13 won the school's, uh, Coventry School's Young Personality of the Year or something like that. He's an amazing magician, but he's, he's not a cheesy magician. He's a really good, fun magician. So if you want to start your kind of journey towards Advent and towards Christmas off in a, in a brilliant way that you can bring your friends to, you can bring your family to, 
Come and see me. I've got tickets. If you think, actually, I haven't got any money. I'm like the Queen. I don't carry money. Um, don't worry. Josh knows where you live. We can take your address. And, we can, and it's going to be a great night. So please come and support us if you can. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, when I wrote this talk, or started thinking about this talk about two weeks ago, um, I felt God challenged me to say, well, look, we, we, we need to talk about hope. We need to talk about light. We need to talk about salt. We need to talk about positivity. And then I start watching the news and thinking, God, really? Um, especially over the last few days. Who thought it was a bit, of, you know, blew my mind when I saw the headline, Paradise Burns? That's the place in America where the wildfires are. Paradise Burns. People have lost their lives. We see leaders upsetting other leaders like two children in a school play for a playing ground. And then we see what happened over the last few days on the news. And we see it again and again because we now live in a world of 24-hour news. And actually, did you see any news? Or did you just see people going, it's his fault, it's her fault, get rid of her, get rid of him, it'll be okay. If we do that, well, then everything will be fine. Where's the hope? Where's the hope that Jesus promises us? Because I believe we've all got it, and I believe we can share it, and I believe it's our responsibility to get outside those doors and actually bring hope in a hopeless world. I just want to read you a poem. Uh, I said at 8 o'clock, I don't tend to do this, but I want to read you a poem, and uh, no pressure, but the 8 o'clock got it. Who wrote this? (laughs) All right? Josh testifies to this. They got it without Google, so put your phones away. If you don't shout out during, because that just threw it completely. But if you know at the end, we're going to see who knows who this is. This is this is the poem. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our sea-washed sunset gate shall stand a mighty woman with a torch, whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, mother of exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command. The air-bridged harbour that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp besides the golden door. Any clue? There you go, 10 o'clock is just as good at 8 o'clock, isn't it? Statue of Liberty, it's on the plinth. It was written in 1883, and it was written as a fundraising poem. I don't know how you get fundraising from a poem, but they wanted to raise funds to build the plinth on which the Statue of Liberty would stand. It took 20 years, but they raised enough money to build the plinth on which the Statue of Liberty stands. And if you think about it, what is she doing? She's holding up a beacon of hope, a welcome You are welcome here. I don't see that in our world. And I'm not pointing the finger at Americans, so please don't think I'm making a political statement. I'm saying, actually, have we lost the opportunity to lift the beacon high? Where's our welcome? Where's our hope? It's in you. You hold the hope of Jesus in your hearts. And today I hope we can be encouraged to take it from underneath that bowl and shine it high for Jesus. Um, I was reminded when I was thinking this through, Jesus, Jesus reminded me of 
Um, a few years ago at New Wine, we, we were, I was listening to a speaker, and they were talking about um, a daily ritual, a daily ritual of putting yourself in the right place before you start your day. And one of the things she talked about, and I've tried um, as much as possible to kind of maintain, is the idea of, of praying that you will be a welcome and a witness to the last, the least, the lost, the lonely, and the hard to love. And that's what that passage was talking about. You go through the Beatitudes and, you know, you've got a list of people who are being persecuted left, right and centre. But actually, God says, we love them. We love them. And if, if you're on that list, then God loves you. But it doesn't stop there. He then, in the next bit, because we chop it all up, don't we? We chop it all into little bits. But actually, he then says, don't forget, you are called to be the salt. You are called to be the light. You are called to make the difference. And I think in the world we live in, we've got three options as Christians. I think option one is that we can run. We can run away. We can run back to our churches. We can run back to the safety of those we know. And we can shut the door. And we can be in a situation where we're all looking after each other, which is absolutely fantastic, but we forget that there's a world out there that Jesus sent us to. And I think we're in danger of locking the doors. I was at a church last week where in their prayers they suddenly started praying for them. We pray for us as a church. We pray for, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, I'm not liking this. It went on and on about the church. And then all of a sudden the mood changed and they said, and please Lord, help us not to forget our neighbours. Help us to, when we park our cars in front of their houses to come to church, help us to go, to, to go and say thank you, to smile at them, to give them a greeting, to say, hey, hi, how are you? They were recognising actually it's not just here, it's there. And how can we take our light from here to there? It's easy to become a community and it's brilliant. It was lovely when we were praying to hear you all arrive because there was chatter and there was laughter and there was conversation and you love each other and you care for each other and you're a community and that's fantastic. But so are they. And many of them live behind closed doors and are lonely and isolated and live the lives that we don't know about. The challenge is how do we get out there to love them? So the one thing we can do is run away and hide back into our own communities. The second thing we can do is fight back. Look at the history books. When people fight back through faith, it never ends well. I don't think we're called to fight back. But I do think we're called to have courage, to stand strong, to stand tall, to make a difference. And not just to be the meek and mild Christians that sometimes people perceive us to be. Some of you know we run a project called The Giving Tree, which um, has been going for over 30 years, and we provide toys, new toys and gifts at Christmas to children who otherwise probably wouldn't get anything. Last year, we, we had a new Giving Tree coordinator. We gave nearly 650 children Christmas last year. And one lady, towards the end of registration, because they have to register to show that they receive certain benefits so that we can help the right people, um, this lady came in, dressed in a burqa. And you sensed that the atmosphere in the room where they were registering changed. And you could see she was scared. 
and she came up to the, the, the table where Sarah was registering people and she went, um, I, I, I've heard that you give help at Christmas um, and I wondered, would you help me? And, we, and Sarah said, well, you've got children? Yes. You, you're struggling? Yes. Are you on these benefits? So that we can, and can you prove you're on these benefits? Yes. Well, yeah, of course we can help you. She said, but I'm a Muslim. So? But I'm a Muslim and you're a Christian organisation and, and, and can you help me? Well, she said, yeah, of course you can. And she sat down and we had a great conversation and she met Sarah and they, they just hit it off and it worked really, really well. And then we said, look, you've registered, you're in, you've got, the, you've got the presents for your kids and what we want you to do is come back. If it's okay, we have a Christmas party where there's going to be Santa and there's going to be presents and there's going to be an opportunity to do art and craft, which is all Christian art and craft. Would you want to bring your kids to that? Oh, yes, please. And she came, and she engaged, and she looked terrified when she walked through the door because she was the only Muslim face in a white building. And she came in, and she engaged, and her kids loved it, and she stayed probably longer than anybody else, and she took the presents away, and the kids went to see Santa, and they came away from selection boxes and had a great time. And then she phoned two weeks ago and said, can I come again this year? Of course you can. And she said, by the way, do you know any other churches? Not places. Do you know any other churches that do what you did? I don't need any more toys, but you know that thing you did where we did all the art and craft and we just all spent time together. And do you know anywhere else that does that? Because I'd really like to take my kids. We'd offered that Muslim lady some hope. Not against her own religion, but just hope in a dark world where she doesn't get accepted. Where she doesn't get loved by the people around her. And we just offered her some love. So please pray for the Giving Tree this year. That you know We're already in the process of registering. And we're also in the process of having toy services and all of that sort of stuff to get the toys in. But pray for each individual child, each individual parent. That not, not only do we give them Christmas all wrapped up and in a bag and they get fine. But actually that we offer them the light of Jesus as well. We need to take courage. We also run Food Bank, and you guys have been fantastic at providing us with food over the years. And if anybody tells you that Food Bank is getting quieter, don't listen. I know it's different from different parts of the city, but in, in Woodend and in the region we serve, our Food Bank numbers have gone up by 20% in the last the first six months of last year against the first six months of this year. And, of course, that was before Universal Credit started. And I'm now getting people come to our reception and they knock on the glass and they say, hi, I'm really embarrassed, I've never done this before, I've got a food voucher and I really don't want to, but I've been put on universal credit and I've got nothing. And he's going, that's fine. But I'm really embarrassed and I, I, it, there won't be another one, don't worry, I won't ask for another one. Look, you can, that's not a problem. And they said, well, why are you waiting? Why are you, why, while we're doing your food parcel, why don't we go down to the cafe? Because I'll pay what you, you can cafe and that means pay what you can not you have to pay because you can pay nothing. Why don't we go and have lunch and we'll go and just... So we take them down for lunch and they're a bit embarrassed to start with but then you, you introduce them to some of the people in the cafe and all of a sudden you go, come back in 10 minutes and your pastor will be ready and half an hour later you think they've done a runner. And you go back down to the cafe and you just stick your head in and all of a sudden they're in conversation and they've, you can see their shoulders have dropped. They're no longer stressed. 
that they've got a good meal inside them, that they're happy. They're, that for that moment, we've been light. For that moment, we've offered them some hope. And then they come back and they get their food parcel and they, they just look like different people. And I'm not saying we're changing their world, but I think we're changing their world for that little minute. And that's what Jesus calls us to do. We've got a project called Elder Care, which is um, for those who are retired. Um, but it's not necessarily about poverty, or at least not financial poverty. Um, it's about people who are lonely, people who are isolated, people who are vulnerable, people who can't get out of the house on their own. And we draw them together with their peers on a Monday lunchtime and they have lunch together and they have fun together. And for the first time in my time, we have a table of men. Now, we all know what church statistics are like. Women go to church. Men get dragged to church. And we find that at the mission, elder care, anything social, you can fill the room with ladies. But men go, not for me. I don't know why. But all of a sudden we got this one guy called Derek. Derek used to come to the cafe and he turned up out of nowhere. And Derek started coming to the, the pay what you can cafe and he'd stay and then the next day he came back and the next day he came back. And all of a sudden Derek is now part of the woodwork, you know, he's part of the wallpaper, he's just there. And a few weeks in I said to Derek, Derek, are you new to the area? How come we've never seen you before? And he said, no, I've lived here all my life. He said, but I used to go somewhere else. And the food was as good as it is here, which I thought was a bit rude. Um, <laughs> and I, I said, so, so why, why here? What happened? And he said, well, I came in here one day because somebody said you should go in and, and see the place. And I came in. He said, and within five minutes, somebody found out what my name was. And they asked me where I lived and how I was. And all of a sudden, I was chatting to people. He says, and the other place I go to, they don't know me at all, and I've been there a year. He says, and when I walk in, if any of you remember Cheers, the TV program, they, the door would open, they'd all go, Norm! When Norm walked through the door. It's a bit like that with Derek. Derek walks in, everybody goes, Derek! And you can see he's like, wow. Don't know anything other than that. We chat with him. And Derek started to come. And then Derek saw the guy that lives down the road called Mervyn. And he says, Derek, Mervyn says, where are you going? Derek says, I'm going to the mission for lunch. You should come. Oh, no, I don't want to go there. No, you should come. It's brilliant. And then Mervyn came. And then Mervyn now brings David. And all of a sudden we've got a group of men. And they all sit together. They don't talk to the women. They all sit together. (laughs) But they've created this community, this community of hope, this bond. Those three guys didn't really know each other at all. Our cafe's open on a Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. On a Friday, Fosal Baptist Church down the road, they do a cafe. And I went on last Friday to go and support them in something. And I walked in. And as I walked in, Derek walked in. I'm like, okay. And then Mervyn walked in. And then David walked in. And they've, got, they've created this little support network. Because somewhere down the line, somebody said hello to Derek. And somebody showed an interest in him. And showed, somebody showed him some love. And I just want to encourage you today. That actually it's simple. It truly is Simple. Look for opportunities to show the light of Jesus to people. This week just gone, I, I was on BBC Radio. Um, there's this strange thing at lunchtime called the Brody Bunch, where you get to go on and talk about some very strange things, uh, but then you get to promote what you're doing. And so I was on, and they were talking about the fact that 
the dreaded Facebook is putting a, an unsend button on itself. And so we start to, they start to talk about, well, if you could have an unsend, if you could have a rewind, if you could have that thing where you could erase something from your life, what would it be? And we started to get stories, oh, well, there was that girl, or, or there was that, and it came, and I'm thinking, I don't know what to say. Because I, I don't have those sorts of regrets. And, I thought, and God said to me, actually, don't you regret the things you didn't do? The missed opportunities, the things you could have said when you're halfway down the road and you said, oh, I should have just said that. Don't miss those opportunities this year. I told you at 8 o'clock that um, last weekend we went out with some friends on, on Saturday, uh, Friday night and then on Saturday morning they texted us and said, we're going to the local cafe for breakfast, do you want to come? Stupid question, really. Um, forced myself to go and have breakfast. When's the men's breakfast? Next week. Um, <clears throat> yes, forced myself to go and have breakfast. So we were all there. There was, there was four adults, four children, and we all had breakfast, then we left. It was about 10 o'clock. We were walking back around the corner by some, some um, shops near our house, and they disappeared off into the florist. So we started doing that thing where you say goodbye, the hugs and the shaking hands and the, you know, all of that. And this lovely old lady walked past. And she went, oh, you young people. Well, she had me straight away. Um, she went, you young people. She says, look at you all loved up. And something just said. And I just turned and went, do you want one? And she went, really? And I just gave her a hug. And she just went, oh, that was lovely. I'm thinking, I'm not that good at hugs, but you know what I mean. <clears throat> and it was lovely. And it was a split second and she went with a smile on her face. Five minutes later, we saw her again across the road near the doctors, and she just went, excuse me, my lovelies, can I stop you again? I went, yeah, what's the matter? What day is it? I thought, whoa. For a split second, we gave her a hug, but then she went back into the darkness. She'd turned up to the doctors on the wrong day. She thought it was Friday and it was Saturday. And you think, all we can do is just keep offering the light of Jesus to people. And that doesn't mean you have to go out and evangelize to everybody at every opportunity but just share Jesus. Share what you've got. Share the light of Jesus with others. A couple of weeks ago, I don't know if anybody... Anybody go to see Nativity, the musical? Anybody got over it yet? It was one of the most hilarious, exhausting, emotional shows I've ever been to. If you don't know the story, not, it's not the story of Nativity. It's the Nativity film that they based in Coventry at the cathedral. And they've turned it into a musical. And it is beautiful. And actually, I never heard so many people come out of there that were talking about the hope that Christmas brings. They were saying Christmas, but they meant Jesus. And there's a beautiful minute in the film that they replicate in the show where there's a power cut in the ruins of the cathedral. And in, in, in the film, they all light candles. But in the show, they go, excuse me, everybody, and they just lean out. Anybody got a mobile phone? Can you put your mobile phone on? Can you put your light on? Shine your torch. And all of a sudden, there was this collective. Everybody was holding their light up high. And they then sang the next song, Because of Our Light. And the atmosphere changed. It was a lovely time anyway, but all of a sudden, it was like, we're in this together. They can't do it without us. And I want to tell you this morning that there are people out there that can't do it without us. At the mission, we face it every day. We never know who's going to come to reception. We never know who we're going to be dealing with. It is such an honour to serve people. But you never know who you're going to meet. You don't know what darkness they live in. 
And all we try to do is shine a bit of light in their world. We want to be that beacon. At the moment, we're, we're having a new roof, which is amazing, but around three sides of our building, they're building 71 new houses. All of those houses are social housing. And so we want to be that beacon in the middle of all of that, that thing that draws people towards us. And I want to encourage you this Christmas to be that beacon of hope for people. It's not just about bringing them to the carol service or to Christmas Day or to anything, because that's great. But be that beacon of hope for them. When you see them at the bin, when you see somebody at the bus stop, when you just shine Jesus. And if you're saying, you know what, Darren, I don't think I can because I'm not in the right place then maybe in a minute we can offer you some prayer. Or maybe you're saying, you know what, I can't because I'm not brave enough. Come and get prayer. I want to encourage you, actually, you probably are already doing it. Because you're a great bunch, I know a lot of you, and you are fantastic people. But I don't want us to miss this Christmas. Because I think we're in a darker place than we've been in a long, long time. You know, I only watch the news now for the one at the end where it says, on lighter moment... Some ducks cross the road. Because you just need something to hold on to. The world needs us this Christmas more than ever. And I want to encourage you this Christmas, as you step out of this place, as you walk through Advent, as you reach Christmas and beyond, to be the light of Jesus.